Hello, everyone. What a blessing it is to be here with you today. I'm Sister Laura. Today, we want to continue in our series on the reality of righteousness. And I believe that as we continue to look at this particular uh, series, we will find that righteousness is the key to understanding what the gospel really is. So we want to welcome you in to today's broadcast. Let's get started with opening prayer. Father, today we just lift our hands with thanksgiving. And Father, we thank you that your word is life. And as we gather around your word today, Father, we pray that the entrance of who you are through your word will cause our hearts to be kindled in peace, be kindled in rest. Father, that we might know quiet confidence in who you are in the reality of righteousness. And Father, today, if there be any needs, unspoken prayer requests, we pray, Father, that your kingdom will be revealed. And Father, that their prayers will be answered swiftly. So have your way in today's program. Father, we just give you all praise and glory and honor through enforcing the name of Jesus. Amen. And they all said, Amen. Well, hallelujah. Yesterday, we started out with our opening scripture from the book of Romans chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and jump over to the book of Romans chapter 5. And we are going to pick back up where we left off yesterday, or where we picked up yesterday actually, from verse 17. Are you there? Great. Okay, so, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, they shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. Now, verse 18, Therefore, by the offense of one judgment came upon all men condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all to be justified. Hallelujah. And we'll read verse uh, 19. For as by one man's disobedience Many were made sinners, but by the obedience of one, many were made righteous. Well, hallelujah. Righteousness 
is a gift. And we looked at righteousness yesterday, how it is our position where God lives in us. That's what makes us righteous. And through the death of Christ, we've died with him, we've risen with him, and we have been planted in a place of rest with him back in God. Now, growing up in Sunday school, they never taught us that the reason why Jesus came is that we might be one in God again, that we might rest, that God would live in us. I know we believe that Jesus lives in us. We say the sinner's prayer, Lord, come into my heart. I believe that you died for me. You've risen for me. I believe that you're coming again. Hallelujah. And that is partially true. But see, there's the rest of the lost art of the cross. Not only did he die for us, but we died with him. Not only was he risen and overcome death, hell, and the grave, but we were risen with him. That's why I love righteousness. And because we were risen with him, it was God who, by his glory, which is the Holy Spirit, caused us to be one in him again. God came to live in us through Christ. Now we read a little bit about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 in our previous series. So we have to understand that righteousness is our position where God rests in us. And because He rests in us, it's Him that lives through us, through Christ in us. See, God hid us in Christ so that no one will be able to ever, 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 ever say that, ever. That's right, one more time, ever. Snatch us from Him because we understand that His Word says that he was in Christ, making us one in Him through the ministry of being one, reconciliation. And it's in that place that He didn't look at our sin. He didn't look at our trespasses because He saw it all through Christ. He became unrighteous so that we might be the righteousness of God. Hallelujah.
So we see that righteousness is truly the reality of the gospel. I want us to stay in the book of Romans and I want us to understand what is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We say that we're called to preach the gospel. We say that we believe in the gospel. We say that we uh, read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. But if you had to tell somebody in one line, what is the gospel of Jesus Christ? I'm wondering if you would tell it like the Apostle Paul did. Let's open up our Bibles, stay in the book of Romans, go over to chapter 1, and I want us to take a look at verses 15 and 16. Romans chapter 1, 15 and 16. Are you there? Okay, good job. Romans chapter uh, 1, verse 15. So, as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel. Boy, I tell you, that is, when you are a reformer of righteousness like Paul is, he just said, as much that is in him, He's ready at all times. And I feel like as disciples, we should all be ready at all times to preach the gospel. You might say, Sister Laura, I'm not called to preach. Well, we just read that God has committed to us the, a ministry. In 2 Corinthians 5, we saw that, didn't we? We've been committed to the ministry of reconciliation. And everyone, if you are a disciple, if you are born of God, you are called to preach, you are called to tell, you are called to speak, you are called to walk in the ministry of reconciliation. So, is everything that's within me, verse 15, I'm ready to preach the gospel. The gospel. That are at Rome also. Now, the question is, what is the gospel? Verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now, Christ means the anointing and the anointed one, and we are his body. So, he's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, and here it is. I want you to highlight it. Paul says what the gospel is. For it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, then to the Greek, verse 17. 
For it is the righteousness of God revealed. I want you to underline that. It's the power of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God. Well, what is the power of God? It's the righteousness of God revealed. It's His rest in me. It's how He lives in me. It's His power. It's His um, ability to live through me and in me. Isn't that good? I said, isn't that good? Oh yes, that is good news. So it's the power of God that Jesus came to proclaim. It says in the book of Luke that Jesus came to fulfill all righteousness. He said it in the, in the book of uh, Matthew, too, when he was with John the Baptist. And he was being baptized in the rivers and waters of Jordan. And he told John that it was his desire to fulfill all righteousness. So let's go back and read this verse one more time. Verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. It is written, the righteous. Huh? Did you see that? The righteous shall live how by faith now i don't have time in today's broadcast which we will eventually get to on what faith is faith is the ability of who god is living through the ability of Christ in me, the hope of glory. See, we don't need to pray for more faith. In the life of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they had faith. But it wasn't living in them. Because they used faith, they had faith in God. But now we have God's faith through us. Do you see the difference? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus came to reveal the righteousness of God, how God lived in him, how God walked in him, how God calls the miracles that he did through him. 30-something times in the book of John alone, Jesus said, It's not me who does the work. It's the work of my Father through me that does the work. So righteousness is our position where God rests in us. But faith 
is the works of God and the works of Christ living through us. Oh, isn't that good? You say, Sister Laura, that's good. Yeah, it is good. It's powerful. But you also say you got to have a scripture for that. Well, if you said that, then I think you're pretty good in, to be a student of God's word to have proof on that. So that's why I want us to turn over to the book of Philippians. We're going to read it right quick because I'm running out of time. And I know that you're enjoying this. And I'm going to read you this verse, chapter 3. And I want us to look at verse 9. And this is the verse, after I'm reading it, that we will pick up next time around. Philippians, chapter 3. Hallelujah. I love this, this, uh, the writings of Paul in his uh, writings to the church of Philippians. And we are going to look at um, verse 9. Now remember, we're talking about, we just shared with you what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. That it is the power of God or the righteousness of God revealed. And here we see in verse 9 that it be found in him not having my own righteousness. Paul was saying, I want to just be found in God. And my only desire is to know Christ crucified. But let's read here. Verse 9, I want to be found in him, not having my righteousness, which is of the law. See, people try to get into good works outside of God's rest in them, and they're living under the law. And even though they're living under the law, like Abraham Isaac, Jacob. Now, they didn't live under the law, but it, righteousness was imputed to them. So, when you try to do it in your own works without the rest of God in you, it's called self-righteousness. But it says here that I desire to be found in Him Through the faith of Christ and the righteousness which is of God by faith. So, we see that the faith of God lives in us. And the faith of Jesus lives in us. And it's because of that we understand that 
we literally have the fullness of the faith of God living in us and we have the fullness of the faith of Christ living in us and it goes to show that their ability, faith is the ability of the works of God through Christ living through me. Isn't that something? Faith to faith, glory to glory, faith to faith. It's the faith of Christ, the faith of God living in me, through me. So when we live in our place of the reality of righteousness, we understand that righteousness is a position where God rests in me. And all throughout the day, I live out of the victories of God through Christ. I speak the victories of God through Christ. I speak the victories. I speak his acts through Christ in me. And it's that confession that makes me an overcomer of the world. Well, we are out of time. I went over a little bit today. But I want us to understand that righteousness truly is the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the key to unlock the power of God in our lives. And you will find it as the number one priority in the life of Jesus. He came to fulfill all righteousness. And it's the number one priority in the life of the Apostle Paul in his Pauline epistles. Well, today I'd like to end this time in prayer. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We are on um, Rocket Cast. We are on Breaker. We are on Anchor. We're on Spotify. We're in Google Play. And we are um, making all means of social media available for you so that you can download these and take them with you so that you can grow in God's rest through you and have dominion. Well, we like to invite you to join in us, in with us through prayer, and we know that this time together was a blessing to you. Father, today we just thank you for your time and your word. We thank you for the understanding of what righteousness is, how you live through us. And Father, we just thank you. We desire that you rest in us. And the peace that passes all understanding will guide us and lead us 
and continual victory in Jesus' name. Well, thanks for listening today as we steal away in the secret place. I'm Sister Laura. Be sure to share this and leave your comments. You can leave a a recorded voice message if you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. We'll see you next time around. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Righteousness Studio Book Talks, where we are sharing from our free Kindle book for those that are uh, registered to receive their free booklet. And it's in this booklet that we want to open up and begin to help God's people discover that there's a lost art of the finished works of the cross. And the book of Philippians chapter 3 says that there's a name of this lost art. It's called the high call of God in Christ. So throughout this book, if you have a desire to learn how you are positioned in God's rest, to understand what God's rest is, and how to live out of that place, then this is the place for you. Let's get started. Let's go ahead and open up our booklets Understand that the first page is the copyright section. Um, And as you look to that section, we're going to read about this booklet um, just for a moment. I share in here who I am, but at the same time, I share how out of all of the messages that I could share out of the Word of God, that God has given me the message of rest. Back in October of 2019, I had an experience where I literally died. And two angels took me before the throne of God and it was there I had conversation with the father and I told the father that I felt as though my work on earth was done because I have just been through a season of caring for an aged parent over 20 years and as I shared that with the father The Father gave me the choice to either stay in heaven or return to the earth. And I told the Father, I said, you know, I want to go back because your people don't understand your rest. And it's there that the Father called me daughter. And he told me, well done. 
These same two angels that brought me to heaven brought me back down into the earth. And as I was coming back down into the earth, I was in a heavenly place where I saw multitudes and multitudes of people coming towards me. So today, I believe it's no accident that you are listening in today and that you are here today. And it's here that I want to encourage you to get your free book. And as you do, then you can follow along with us. As we look at the table of contents in this book, it's also important to understand that don't just read it as what's in the book. Read it as a resume because you are entering into the school of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. You are being employed by the Holy Spirit in the Word of God to learn the topic of God's rest, how to live in God's rest. And as you continue to take a look at this, let's go ahead into the first chapter. It's called Into Your Hands. Are you ready? I know you are. That's me there in the picture with the drawing board. And because this is an audio of this video teaching, I want to share that in this drawing board picture, you will see a picture in the center of a cross that I drew on the whiteboard. And there's two pictures next to the cross, one on the right side, one on the left side, and they are hand-drawn pictures of God's hands. So are you ready to get started? All right. So welcome to Righteousness Studio. Today we're going to take a look at what it means to have God's rest in us. And we're going to learn how we came into that position in our life. So let's get started. As we do, we're going to begin to learn about two insights. Number one, God's rest in us. And number two, His life through us, which is called righteousness. Righteousness is the foundation of the gospel. And if we're built upon that proper foundation, our relationship is victory. Our relationship is peace. Our relationship is joy. First scripture I want to share to kind of help us build a proper foundation comes from the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 
and I have it written here for you in the book. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction. But I love these last three words, four words. It says that it's for instruction in righteousness. Now this word instruction means training. I found this to be so interesting because we often, being in ministry for over 30 years of my life, people have often said, Sister Laura, how is it that when I go to study the Word of God, I'm not sure where to start? Other people have said, when I begin to study the Word, Do you have any recommendations where I can begin to study the Word? And often we will hear the um, suggestions of perhaps starting in the book of Psalms or starting in the Gospels, particularly in John. Some say start in the book of Genesis and just read all the way through to the book of Revelation. But before we even begin to study, we want to know how to approach the Word of God. And here we see that all Scripture is given by the Holy Spirit. It's inspired by God for the purpose of training in righteousness. Now, if we're going to know what righteousness is, so that when we read the Word of God, we have to understand how to read it, then we need to understand and be taught what is righteousness. Well, From Genesis to Revelation, the Holy Spirit desires to help us live a life of righteousness. The Holy Spirit desires to train us in righteousness. And it's there that the Holy Spirit wants to help us to grow in God's rest to help us experience God's work through Christ in us as a good shepherd. Now remember, we learned at the opening that God's rest and His life through us is righteousness. Righteousness is more than right standing with God. Although that's true, it is. But righteousness is being born of God and being joined to His ability. That's true rest. That's true position that we have in righteousness.
just as Jesus is the door. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. It's through the door life of Jesus that the Father came through to live in us. And in that place we're born of God. And in that place we're joined to His ability. And it's in that place that we begin to live a life of God's rest. Of God's life, of God's ability through Christ in us. Now, I understand that a lot are hearing this for the very first time. So if we want to flip the page we see that most people think that righteousness, again, means right standing with God, but we see that it's so much more. I was recently in a small woman's group teaching this, and the woman said, I thought righteousness was choosing good behavior. I thought righteousness was good moral behavior and immediately I wanted to sit with her and listen to her heart because I wanted to understand why she thought what she thought when she made the statement but because of time I thanked her for her comment and I asked if she could give me an example and of course, she said, love God with all your heart. And there I replied, we love God because he first loved us, right? She said, yes. And it's there that she realized that God's rest and righteousness is his act of coming to us first. So when we say we love God, it's truly because He loved us. Rest is our position in God through Christ. It's not a place that we go to. It's not even a place of Him coming to us. But it rest is the place where we are vitally joined to God as one. And in that place, we are trained in His ability. So many have a heart to please God, yet pleasing God is based on being on the outside of God looking in rather than being joined to his rest in righteousness. So during this time of our conversation, the room got really quiet. There wasn't any other comments. And it was there that I was able to go a little bit farther 
and point them to where this all began. And if we can have our Bibles and turn our Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 23, verse 46, I want to give a scripture today that will help us for our next time together. It's a place that we're going to begin to look at since we understand a little bit more of what it is. And in your booklet, there's a, a place for you to journal. But I want to begin to share where this all began for us. And it's in this chapter of the book of Luke, chapter 23, verse 46. Jesus prayed one of the most potent scriptures, I believe, that he ever prayed. Where he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Jesus was on the cross. And it's this scripture that we want to take a look at um, briefly as our foundation scripture for next time. So bookmark that, muse upon it, and our next time around in this series, we're going to learn where it all began for us. And we're going to learn the lost art of what was really accomplished on the cross. So that when you are complete in this book talk together, in the study notes together, at the end of this series, you're going to be able to live a life of God's rest. And you're going to be able to live out of His ability because of the lost art of the finished works of the cross. In closing, I want to say that as we close our books and you bookmark that scripture out of the book of Luke for next time, be sure to use the information available where you can get that free book. But at the same time, if you have any prayer requests, we have a Bible study help center full of free material that you can learn teachings like this. And in that Bible study help center, we have a group called Windows of Heaven Prayer Group on Facebook. You can come into there and we have what is called our prayer wall. And on this wall, you could share your prayer request and we are there to pray for you. And if you desire to be encouraged on a daily basis, you will also see that in the Bible Study Help Center, we have a group called Foundations of God's Rest and Righteousness on Facebook, 
where you can read scriptures in a loving family and share those daily so that you can grow in God's rest. Well, I want to thank you again for listening in today. I look forward to being with you on the next section out of our book talks of Righteousness Studio, God's Rest, and how to live in that place of rest. Until next time, steal away in the secret place today. I'm Sister Laura. Amen. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our series on the book of Romans, chapter 6, where we're doing a verse-by-verse commentary on the writings of Paul on how to live a life of God's rest in righteousness. Today, we want to pick up on uh, verse 4, as we have already shared an explanatory view of verse 1 through 3 in our previous time together. Here, Paul begins to lay a solid foundation that we have already been positioned in a place of uprightness of heart. We've already been positioned in a place of honor. That is, through Christ, He was the door that the Father came through to live in our hearts. And because of the works of Christ, we are now not only born of God or joined to Him as one, but we are joined to his ability. Let's pick up on verse 4 in the book of Romans. We're going to be using the King James Version Bible, and it says, Therefore, we are buried with Christ by baptism into death. That, like as Christ was raised up from the dead, By the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. I love this because Paul continues to talk about directing the hearts of the Church of Rome, directing the conversation of the Church of Rome. Look, it's not about where you miss the mark in your walk, the weightier resolve of living a life of victory is that we have gone past that place of missing the mark, and we have come into a place of victory. We've been buried with him. If we're buried with him, how can we be alive to what's in our past? If we're buried with him, how can we be alive to our past trying to confront us? Because it's in that place when the past of what Jesus has already overcome for us tries 
to oppress or tries to overtake us, we simply remain in that place of victory. A lot of times people struggle when they see the past try to oppress, but we don't have to because we practice that we have been positioned in victory because we have been in a place in our lives where we've overcome with Christ, and that is buried. Let me ask you, if something is buried, how can it be resurrected? If something is buried, how can it have a voice? If something is buried, how can it have a face? You say, Sister Laura, I confront this situation or that situation in my life of my past all the time. Well, the reason why it has a face, it has a voice, it's alive is because you've not understood that you have been buried with Christ. And you've not understood that in life it puts at bay already what has been overcome. So the challenge is not to overcome. The challenge is to keep it in a place of being overcome by understanding your position of life, your position of being raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Isn't that good? You have been raised up. You've not only been buried with Christ in the baptism into his death, but you have been raised by the glory of the Father. Now, this is a lot to be said in one particular verse. Because you have to understand that when you have been raised, it means that disease has left you behind. Death is left behind. Ruins have been left behind. And it's because of that every area in your life that you could have possibly missed the mark has already been overcome. Every area that tries to cause you to miss the mark has already been overcome. And that's good news. That's, that's news that we should celebrate. That's news that would give us that joy that every believer should be walking in. Listen, it's, it did happen overnight the moment that you believed. But at the same time, it's a living a life. It's not for wimps. You have to enforce it through your words. You have to enforce it by holding your place of victory. Well, you say, how do you hold that place? Well, that place is held by simply acknowledging that Jesus is the door. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. That the Father 
came through to live in you. And as you acknowledge that place of being born, connected, joined in God, then you are also joined in His ability. And it's that place that the Holy Spirit quickens. It's that place that the Holy Spirit awakens. It's that place that the Holy Spirit shines a light for you to see Jesus. It's that place that we have fellowship with one another. It's that place that you are born of God, and because of that, you have overcome the world. You have been buried with Christ. At the same time, you've been raised. Hallelujah. You've been raised in a place of victory. You've been aroused. You've come into a place of being made alive in God through Christ. I love this because it also means to appear. You see, when you stay in that position, of practicing God's rest, acknowledging that place in your heart, you are constantly seen, even as Jesus is seen in the realm of the kingdom. You got to get a hold of that. You are seen as he is seen. You are known as he is known already. Because you've been raised. And the word raised literally means to cause to appear. To cause to be born. Hallelujah. Cause to be seen. Glory to God. That's what it means. You have been raised so that you can live a life of victory. And that's your testimony, that you have been made an overcomer. You've been raised from what? The dead. You've been raised from a position of literally not being awake to what has been accomplished in the cross. You've been awake. And it is there that you have received life from the inability of knowing that you're born of God. You see, there's two types of people that I like to talk about. One that's asleep in God because the finished works has already positioned them in God through Christ. And one that is awake in God or aroused in God because they have been given the revelation that they are born of God's rest and righteousness. This is the heart of the Apostle Paul in his preaching. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Colon, Romans 1.16 He opens 
his letters to the church of Rome saying that the gospel of Jesus Christ, colon, is the power of God or the ability of God made known to all mankind, comma, because it reveals God's rest and righteousness. Verse 17. What gospel are we presenting? Here we've been raised by the glory of the Father. We've come out of death, thoroughly dipped, thoroughly made clean in the water, in the blood of Jesus. All of our past has been buried and we've been awakened. We are now up here with Christ in God. And it says here that we have been raised by the glory. We have been raised by the glory of God. Here the word glory is the word doxa. And it comes from a root word that has everything to do with the idea of being one. Because in that place of one, of rest, you can enjoy God's pleasure. In that place of rest, you can enjoy God's thoughts towards you. In that place of God's rest, you're awake to have a personal relationship with Him. That's why glory represents the idea of being one. To be aroused and awakened to enjoy the benefits of being one in God. Glory is a powerful word because being one, the word doxa, means what you need in order to stand. What is that resurrected power? How do we get to that place? By simply acknowledging the work of God in Christ through you, which is that hope of glory or that place of being born of him being vitally joined of him being not only vitally joined of him but being made one in him and his ability we might say in our uh, everyday conversation we'll pe with people well glory to god hallelujah that's wonderful but here the word glory really means one in him. And because you're one in him, it's the cake on top of the icing. It's the fireworks of that relationship of being one in God. Isn't that good? So we have been raised in the glory that we should walk. We should walk in a place of joy. We should live 
It's our occupation. It's what we think about now. It's what we uh, are surrounded with in God. Because now, we are hidden deeply in Him. And because of that, we are surrounded in our position of being one in Him. So, we go on and we read that in that place that we walk, it's a place of newness of life. It's a place where we now see things from the inside out rather than the outside looking in. You know, you can always tell someone who's not alive to God. They're always talking about what's dark. They're always talking about how tough the battle is. Don't get me wrong, sometimes it is. But that's all they know. In other words, their language is always negative. Their language is always chaotic. They're always in a midst of a battle because they've not been taught They've not been been positioned to have ears to hear the good news of God's rest. In this place of newness of life, it's a place of renewal. In this place of newness of life, it's where we see things differently in our life because we are now in God. His pleasures are being revealed. His desires towards us. His word is fresh. His word is um, in a place in our hearts that we begin to hunger for. You say, Sister Lara, I know I'm joined in God, but I don't have a hunger for God's word. Then that means you're probably still living on the outside rather than from acknowledging as an act of your will that you are one in God to walk to receive what has been accomplished you have certainly died with Christ you've risen with Christ you've been made one in God and now you have the ability to walk in newness of life. I just love that. Newness. All things are new. Old things have passed away. And because of that, your conversation is alive. Sometimes people say that they recognize people who walk in a greater authority than others in the Word of God. Well, authority comes from being alive in God because God is the power of authority. And it's through Christ the power of God is made known. It's through Christ that the ability of God is made known because we're joined with Him. Jesus is the door, and through Him and by Him are all things made, and all things are created. 
Well, we are just about out of time. And today we have got through another verse in this series in the book of Romans chapter 6. Today we took a look at verse 4. And I'm sure if you get into your Bible concordance that you can find a lot of treasures that are yet to be mentioned in this particular verse. I want to say that before we close, we do have a prayer group. It's called Windows of Heaven Prayer Group in Facebook. If you would like prayer, just simply when you go in, click on the wall of prayer. And we have a loving family with a team of committed scribes that are there, a team, a team captain that's there to encourage you how to walk in rest and how to agree with you in prayer. Well, I tell you, we have Sister Chantel always says, be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. And for me, I would like to say, that as we close out today, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing, um, sharing this. But at the same time, steal away in the secret place today. Thanks for listening in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our series on the book of Romans, chapter 6, where we're doing a verse-by-verse -verse commentary on the writings of Paul on how to live a life of God's rest in righteousness. Today, we want to pick up on uh, verse 4, as we have already shared an explanatory view of verse 1 through 3 in our previous time together. Here, Paul begins to lay a solid foundation that we have already been positioned in a place of uprightness of heart. We've already been positioned in a place of honor. That is, through Christ, he was the door that the Father came through to live in our hearts. And because of the works of Christ, we are now not only born of God or joined to Him as one, but we are joined to His ability. Let's pick up on verse 4 in the book of Romans. We're going to be using the King James Version Bible. And it says, Therefore, we are buried with Christ by baptism into death. That, like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. I love this because Paul continues to talk about directing the hearts of the Church of Rome, directing the conversation of the Church of Rome. Look, 
It's not about where you miss the mark in your walk. The weightier resolve of living a life of victory is that we have gone past that place of missing the mark and we have come into a place of victory. We've been buried with him. If we're buried with him, how can we be alive to what's in our past? If we're buried with him, how can we be alive to our past trying to confront us? Because it's in that place when the past of what Jesus has already overcome for us tries to oppress or tries to overtake us, we simply remain in that place of victory. A lot of times people struggle when they see the past try to oppress, but we don't have to because we practice that we have been positioned in victory because we have been in a place in our lives where we've overcome with Christ, and that is buried. Let me ask you, if something is buried, how can it be resurrected? If something is buried, how can it have a voice? If something is buried, how can it have a face? You say, Sister Laura, I confront this situation or that situation in my life of my past all the time. Well, the reason why it has a face, it has a voice, it's alive, is because you've not understood that you have been buried with Christ. And you've not understood that in life, it puts at bay already what has been overcome. So the challenge is not to overcome. The challenge is to keep it in a place of being overcome by understanding your position of life, your position of being raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Isn't that good? You have been raised up You've not only been buried with Christ in the baptism into his death, but you have been raised by the glory of the Father. Now, this is a lot to be said in one particular verse, because you have to understand that when you have been raised it means that disease has left you behind. Death is left behind. Ruins have been left behind. And it's because of that every area in your life that you could have possibly missed the mark has already been overcome. Every area that tries to cause you to miss the mark has already been overcome. And that's good news. 
that's that's news that we should celebrate that's news that would give us that joy that every believer should be walking in listen it's it did happen overnight the moment that you believed but at the same time it's a living a life it's not for wimps you have to enforce it through your words you have to enforce it by holding your place of victory well you say how do you hold that place well that place is held by simply acknowledging that jesus is the door he's the way he's the truth he's the life that the father came through to live in you and as you acknowledge that place of being born connected joined in God then you are also joined in his ability and it's that place that the holy spirit quickens it's that place that the holy spirit awakens it's that place that the holy spirit shines a light for you to see jesus it's that place that we have fellowship with one another it's that place that you are born of god and because of that you have overcome the world you have been buried with christ at the same time you've been raised hallelujah you've been raised in a place of victory you've been aroused you've come into a place of being made alive in god through Christ. I love this because it also means to appear. You see when you stay in that position of practicing God's rest, acknowledging that place in your heart, you are constantly seen even as Jesus is seen in the realm of the kingdom. You got to get a hold of that. You are seen as he is seen. You are known as he is known already. Because you've been raised. And the word raised literally means to cause to appear. To cause to be born. Hallelujah. Cause to be seen. Glory to God. That's what it means. You have been raised so that you can live a life of victory. And that's your testimony. That you have been made an overcomer. You've been raised from what? The dead. You've been raised from a position of literally not being awake to what has been accomplished in the cross. You've been awake 
And it is there that you have received life from the inability of knowing that you're born of God. You see, there's two types of people that I like to talk about. One that's asleep in God because the finished works has already positioned them in God through Christ. And one that is awake in God or aroused in God because they have been given the revelation that they are born of God's rest and righteousness. This is the heart of the Apostle Paul in his preaching. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Colon, Romans 1.16. He opens his letters to the church of Rome saying that the gospel of Jesus Christ, colon, is the power of God or the ability of God made known to all mankind, comma, because it reveals God's rest and righteousness. Verse 17. What gospel are we presenting? Here we've been raised by the glory of the Father. We've come out of death thoroughly dipped, thoroughly made clean in the water, in the blood of Jesus. All of our past has been buried and we've been awakened. We are now up here with Christ in God. And it says here that we have been raised by the glory. We have been raised by the glory of God. Here, the word glory is the word doxa. And it comes from a root word that has everything to do with the idea of being one. Because in that place of one, of rest, you can enjoy God's pleasure. In that place of rest, you can enjoy God's thoughts towards you. In that place of God's rest, you're awake to have a personal relationship with Him. That's why glory represents the idea of being one. To be aroused and awakened. To enjoy the benefits of being one in God. Glory is a powerful word because being one, the word doxa, means what you need in order to stand. What is that resurrected power? How do we get to that place? By simply acknowledging the work of God in Christ through you, which is that hope of glory or that place of being born of Him, being vitally joined of Him, 
being not only vitally joined of him, but being made one in him and his ability. We might say in our uh, everyday conversation with people, well, glory to God, hallelujah. That's wonderful. But here the word glory really means one in him. And because you're one in him, it's the cake on top of the icing. It's the fireworks of that relationship of being one in God. Isn't that good? So we have been raised in the glory that we should walk. We should walk in a place of joy. We should live It's our occupation. It's what we think about now. It's what we uh, are surrounded with in God. Because now we are hidden deeply in Him. And because of that, we are surrounded in our position of being one in Him. So we go on and we read. That in that place that we walk, it's a place of newness of life. It's a place where we now see things from the inside out rather than the outside looking in. You know, you can always tell someone who's not alive to God. They're always talking about what's dark They're always talking about how tough the battle is. Don't get me wrong, sometimes it is. But that's all they know. In other words, their language is always negative. Their language is always chaotic. They're always in a mist of a battle because they've not been taught. They've not been been position to have ears to hear the good news of God's rest. In this place of newness of life, it's a place of renewal. In this place of newness of life, it's where we see things differently in our life because we are now in God. His pleasures are being revealed. His desires towards us. His word is fresh. His word is um, in a place in our hearts that we begin to hunger for. You say, Sister Laura, I know I'm joined in God, but I don't have a hunger for God's word. Then that means you're probably still living on the outside rather than from acknowledging as an act of your will that you are one in God. To walk, to receive what has been accomplished. You have certainly died with Christ. You've risen with Christ. You've been made one in God. And now you have the ability to walk in newness of life. I just love that. Newness. All things are new. Old things have passed away. 
And because of that, your conversation is alive. Sometimes people say that they recognize people who walk in a greater authority than others in the Word of God. Well, authority comes from being alive in God because God is the power of authority. And it's through Christ the power of God is made known. It's through Christ that the ability of God is made known because we're joined with Him. Jesus is the door. And through Him and by Him are all things made and all things are created. Well, we are just about out of time. And today we have got through another verse in this series in the book of Romans chapter 6. Today we took a look at verse 4. And I'm sure if you get into your Bible concordance that you can find a lot of treasures that are yet to be mentioned in this particular verse. I want to say that before we close, we do have a prayer group. It's called Windows of Heaven Prayer Group in Facebook. If you would like prayer, just simply when you go in, click on the wall of prayer. And we have a loving family with a team of committed scribes that are there, a team, a team captain that's there to encourage you how to walk in rest and how to agree with you in prayer. Well, I tell you, we have Sister Chantel always says, be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. And for me, I would like to say that as we close out today, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing, um, sharing this. But at the same time, steal away in the secret place today. Thanks for listening in.